can't record. Um, thank you. That was very kind. Yes. Trying to get a day of how we sang. Well, we'll see. I heard a high harmony. Whoever did that, that got a name for sure. <laughs> so, thanks. When I was working, um, I had a really large staff for a while. We had, a, you know, a hundred or so people, and so there was a birthday almost every day. So we would make them stand up on a chair, and they made a crown out of cardboard, and we would just shout "Happy Birthday" at them. And we thought it was so stupid that no one would think that was important. But if they missed it, they'd be like, "Well, it was on the weekend. Can I still stand on the chair?" Or like, you know, cardboard hat, we got it. So, so it is nice to be recognized. So thanks. Um, uh, I thanks. My parents came again, so that was nice of them. They drove all the way from Riverton. So, uh, they probably had to get up early. So, um, so, um, so thanks. Okay, we have a lot to go over as always, and I put together a little bit of an outline that I thought would um, help us. So, I thought what we'd do today is go through um, a quick overview of just kind of where we've been, just a reminder if you weren't here or just kind of refresher, we'll do that. Then I, w I do want to go through a couple of foundational ideas, and then we're just going to jump right back into chapter six. So we'll jump back into chapter six if, uh, so I know. We're, we only have five lessons, and we're only in chapter six. So that's just how it's going to go. So um, we're, we're going to remember that as we did a really simple drawing, we kind of said Isaiah's kind of in two sections. And the first section, does anybody remember, or you can, it's an open book test, what chapters were in those sections? One through yeah, one through thirty-nine is kind of the first half, and it has kind of a general theme. What was the theme? Judgment. Oh, dun dun dun, judgment. Right? Okay. What was the second half? It's easy to answer if you know the first half. Thirty to sixty-six, and it's uh, what's the theme of the second half? Redo yeah, hope and redemption, right? Okay, so. And then there's kind of this link that you see, this common thread that goes through. What was that? Prophecies. Prophecies about what? The last, the last days. About a about a remnant, right? That there's going to be there's this group that will be saved, this remnant that will come back and help save. Okay, so that's kind of where we were. Everyone good so far? Okay. So in this, um, what we've kind of done is say, man, that first chapter or so is a good synopsis of what has happened so far and then we read a few things and kind of went through some of that it seems like we there was so much to cover right I'm like i already can't remember what it was but um we ended up last week we were in chapter six does anybody remember kind of what was happening in chapter six what were we talking about someone bring us up to speed um what happened in chapter six you read the header? Oh, yeah. That works, yeah. <laughs> you said it was open book. It so is open book. <laughs> it's always open book. Okay, all right. Keep going. Uh, Ashley, you have a thought. I think he was called to be a prophet. Yeah, yeah, we, exactly. So in chapter 6, Isaiah, we're going to see Isaiah's call, right? And do you remember it's this kind of unique story where it says he's, he's sitting there and he, he sees the heavens opened and he sees the Lord on his throne and he's surrounded uh, by the, you know, there's the smoke that fills the temple, this train fills the temple, there's just smoke, and there are these crazy things with wings, and they're going, holy, holy, holy. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, yeah it sounds kind of like a bad dream. And then, um, and then it, he's like, oh no, I shouldn't be here, right? I, I, I can't be in the presence of God, I'm unholy. And he says, I have 
unclean lips, and I, 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 I live with people who have unclean lips, like we're all unclean, I, I'm bound to be destroyed. And do you guys remember what happens? It's pivotal. A coal, yeah. So one of these seraphim gets a coal from what? The altar, and that puts it on his lips. And it says, you're purified. And he says, you know, so he says, I, who should we send? I've got a message. And he says, well, here I am, send me. And he says, well, I've got a message for you. You're going to send this message out to the people. And it's repent, um, and you're going to be destroyed. And he says, just right where we ended, um, how long? How long will I give this bad news? And he says, basically, the entire rest of your life. So you're like, great mission call. Uh, I've got this mission call. Everyone's going to hate you. And you're sending, giving them the worst news ever. How long is my mission call? Well, for you, ever, forever. Um, it's coming. It's coming. So, um, but let's go there. Let's go there and kind of pick that up for a second. So let's go to Isaiah 6. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick up that part of the story and then somebody get ready. I'm going to make you read just one verse, 13. So someone be ready to read 13, but I'm going to uh, go back. Isaiah's commission, not, uh, verse uh, 8. And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, remember I'm in a different translation, so don't get spooked by the wording. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go and say to this people. Here's, his, here's what he gets to say. Keep on hearing but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and they hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So go tell them, but they're not gonna listen. And I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until the cities lie waste without inhabitant and the houses without people and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and forsaken places uh, are many in the midst of the land, and though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again. <laughs> There's your really great mission call. Uh, I'm going to go teach these people. I'm going to tell them that repent, and yeah, how's it going to go? Poorly, how long, until everything is destroyed? Ah, sorry, Isaiah. Okay. But then there's this little section. Somebody read for me verse 13. Did somebody get all warmed up on that? Yeah, go But yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten, as a, as a teal tree, and as an oak, whose substance is in them. When they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Okay, this is, these are like poetry things, right? So you go, I have no idea what that just meant. But let's say he's saying, how long am I going to call? And he says... Till everything's done, but remember, there's always this message of hope. So in his call, there's this little bit of hope, and he's saying, I can't draw right away, but um, this is a trunk of a tree, and it's and it's Israel, and it's like Israel's going to be like a tree that's going to be chopped down, right? Here's the, this is a stump, right? Yeah, stump. And it's going to be, and it says, in my translation, it's good because it says like a terebinth or an oak whose stump uh, remains, right? There's only going to be this little section, and it's going to be chopped down. Who's going to be doing this chopping? Who Who's going to destroy Israel in this in Isaiah's time? Anybody remember? Is it the Assyria? Yeah, yeah, good. The Assyria is going to come to the north first, right? And 
they do it with a fair amount of damage in the South. Okay, so it's like, okay, first guys, who was the next guys? Uh, yeah, good, good. And so it's like, and Babylon's gonna come, right? And they're gonna come. Okay, more good news, yay, what a great mission call. Um, and it'll be great again, he says, but there was gonna be, what was gonna be left? It said, what did you say? A tenth, hope, right? There's gonna be a remnant. A tenth is going to be remnant. And it's gonna even say, uh, you guys missed it, so like, and it would even be uh, burned again. <laughs> so it's like, it's chopped down and it's even burned. It's looking very bad, right? But there's gonna be some left. And it even says, um, there's this holy seed. Did you catch it at the end? What did it say? A holy offspring. Mine says holy seed. Um, and the word, uh, the word seed is, uh, well, I don't know if I'm spelling it right. If only there was someone here that spoke Hebrew. <laughs> from Israel. Is it Zara? Zara is a seed? Is it Sada? Zara? Sada? Sada. Sada. Yeah, Sada. I remember it's because like Sada Hemla. So Sada <laughs> But it's like a seed, like 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 offspring, right? So in my, in your translation it said offspring, and mine it says a seed. So because it's a it's a poem, right? So it's there's this tree stuff, Israel's gonna be chopped down, but there's gonna be some left over. And you're like, so the question we're gonna ask today is who or what is the seed? This holy seed. You've never seen that before, right? Spooky. Okay, so you say, okay, so that's where we leave off. We're in this call and it says what? Bad news, but there's hope. There's hope of this remnant, this holy seed is gonna come along. Let's see if we can figure out who it is through the next few chapters. You with me so far? Art. Ah, glad I took that art class. It paid off. I can't even tell what that was. Okay, Um, so let's do this. Let's do, so we know it's gonna be bad news. And let's go to seven. Let's go to chapter seven for a minute. And let's do seven, okay. So these stories are gonna, one thing that's a little bit different about Isaiah is it's kind of like a kaleidoscope or I don't know a good metaphor, but it's it's like we tell this story and we're gonna keep telling it over and over. So we tell stories, right, and they go like this in time. There's a beginning, a middle, and end, and sometimes there's like a flashback or something, but it's always like weird, so we know, oh, I'm in the past, you know, it's foggy, but, or it's in the future, I can tell it's a dream or something. But most of the time we're telling a story in a timeline. Isaiah isn't like that. So what Isaiah does is he tells the story kind of a over and over and over again with increasing detail. So the story is this one that you know, but he's gonna start adding detail to the story. So sometimes you'll be in the middle of one of these details, like in chapter seven. All right, so let's look at it. And he says, um, what happens in seven is the Lord speaks to Ahaz. Ahaz is, you look at the very first chapter of Isaiah, it's 1-1. Did somebody see who Ahaz was? Isaiah 1-1. Who's Ahaz? No. No. Close. It's some, yeah, it's King Judah. King Judah. It might have been his uncle, actually. You're not sure. Or cousin. Um, but he's one of the kings. Kings, okay, so he's this king. So he's gonna say, hey, I'm coming to the king as the prophet and I'm telling him Ahaz, and he says, hey, ask for a sign. 
ask for a sign from God, and um, and Ahaz, you know, ever humble Ahaz. You have to read the sarcasm. It's like, oh no, no, no. I would never ask God for a sign. I'm very holy. And we already know he's been in a league of confederates with the North, so he's a bad dude. And so it's like, no, no, I would never do that. And he says, and uh, he says, okay, um, the Lord will give you a sign. So let's read this. He's saying, hey, what's going to go on in the story, King? Let's ask for a sign. Somebody read for me. Let's do 7, 14, and 15. Yeah, just 14, 15. 7, 14, 15. Can we have that? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Okay, so he says there's going to be a sign coming. And there's someone, a, the, a virgin is going to conceive, she will have a son, and his name is what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel which means what? <clears throat> what does it mean? You guys have all heard the Amy Grant song. God with us. So there's going to be a son that's going to be born of a virgin. Or it might have been, you know, of a maiden or whatever translation you have. Um, but there's going to be a sign that there will be a son born, right? The son's going to be born and, and it, his name's going to be Emmanuel. And it's like things, he will eat curds and honey, he will eat good, the good of the earth, right? He's going to, and, and he's going to know how to refuse evil. He knows how to choose good. There's going to be someone. Now, a lot of times with prophecy, what we see is there'll be a time in prophecy that's Isaiah's time, right? And then there's a time maybe in the future. And a lot of times there's this reference to something called the latter days, right? So there's like a third tier. Latter, last, and a lot of the translations will say, in that day, in that day. What is, so you've got Isaiah's time, maybe a future time, but then there's this future, future time. What's the latter days, last days in that day? When, what is that referring to? Us, our day. And a time in which there will be a lot of amazing events, right? Sometimes we call it the millennium, right? So it's going to be the latter days coming into the millennium. So sometimes these translations will have kind of a double bounce, right? You're like, what's going to happen on Isaiah's day and then future, future, right? So who, who, so that we're looking for this question, who is this holy seed or what is it? And the next chapter says, who is it? Somebody named Emmanuel. Right? God with us is coming. God with us is coming. Okay. I don't know. It's a mystery still. Let's keep reading. That's right. right. Um, and he will come. Um, and then let me just read, keep reading that in a little bit, and I'll read, and you'll see how uh, these will bounce a little bit. Um, I'm going to jump into 16. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, so he's really young, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. In Isaiah's time, um, in the next two years, they'll be defeated. Okay, so he's saying before this boy even gets old enough. So in his time, in Isaiah's time, um, right, it's soon for this uh, for this for this attack. Right, the attack is coming before the boy is old enough. 
it'll be deserted. And the Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house. Oh, this is sounding bad. Such days that have not come since that day that Ephraim departed Judah, the king of Assyria. Dun, dun, dun. You should have music. And then in that day, in that day, the Lord will whistle for the fly that is at the ends of the streams of Egypt and the bee that is in the lands of Assyria and they will all come and settle in the steep ravines and the cleft of rocks and on the thorn bushes and on the pastures. Let me do the Lori translation of that. In that day, right, in that day, the cougars of BYU and the Utes of Utah will attack South Jordan, right? The bee of Egypt and the, uh, or the bee that is in Assyria and the fly that, you know, whatever, the worst case scenarios. Uh, and in that day, the Lord will shave with a razor that is hired beyond the river. The guys on the other far away with the king of Assyria and the head and the hair of the feet and they'll sweep away the beard also. It's just an uh, obscure reference for us. In that day, these enemies will come upon you. Egypt, Assyria, all the worst guys in, in the world for you will come and they will shame you. They'll pluck out your head, they'll hair, they'll shame. It was a sign of shame. So they will come and they will make you wear BYU clothing <laughs> and, and sing the fight song and do the worst things I could ever imagine. Oh, am I, are you guys BYU fans? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They will make you sing the Notre Dame fight song. I don't know who the enemy of it is because it's not the you. And in that day, a, mon, a young man, and so it goes on and talking about this day. Okay, so in that day, it'll be, all right? So we're gonna paint the picture again. Remember, it's kind of this revolving door. It gets bad, it gets bad, it gets bad, it gets bad, and then we're gonna come to hope. I wanna take a pause here, and I wanna jump out to an idea that sometimes eludes us, but you're all, we're also gonna see throughout these chapters, okay? And it's one of the ideas that we're coming on is this idea of exile. And it's going to come up over and over again, this idea of exile. Now, we're kind of familiar with it, right? We say things like, there's no place like home, right? I can't wait to get home. And if you ever take a long trip, even though you had a great vacation, aren't we all say that? Like, oh, it's just so nice to be home. So we all realize that when we're in a place where we feel loved and safe and comfortable, we all want that sense of home, right? So we say, I want to be home. But for the Israelites, right, they have been through a number of exiles. The first one that we actually see, though, is like Abraham. He's actually called and said, go from your home, go from where you live, and you're going to go to this promised land. So maybe the home, there's going to be a place that's a promised land for you, a promised land. And you'll be called out. So Abraham says, I'm going to make a home for you, a promised land. Then we're going to send you there, right? And Abraham said, in a couple hundred years from then, where do the Israelites end up? Are they still in that promised land? No. No. Where do they end up? Egypt. 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 And how, how's it going in Egypt? It's just like home, right? <laughs> I mean, slavery is delightful, right? No. They're sent out into the land of their enemies. And they long to go home, right? They long to go home. All right. Um, and then 
We also see, I brought out a couple of them. I was like, boy, they just keep happening. Um, then in this period of time, right, they're going to go into exile. When Assyria and Babylon come, right, they are taken into exile. So it's the opposite of this, right? They're in exile versus the promised land. And they're taken out of their land, right? One of the things that I appreciate is that Nephi echoes the same thing, right? He's like, but we need a place. Please, Lord, give us a promised land. When will we return to that place? Do we ever feel like we aren't at home in this world? In our world today, do we ever feel like exile? No? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our heavenly home, we're away from that. Yeah, yeah. Don't we should? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point, right? No, it reminds us back to Eden, right? Yeah. Where we were comfortable and happy, and we were in our heavenly situation, right? We were in a home, and yet we were exiled, right? So you see this pattern going over and over and over again. Now we tend to see it kind of as a promised land, but but I think. If we turn it a little bit to seeing that we're in exile, we'll understand these scriptures a little bit better, right? Because they will repeatedly refer back to one of these other exiles, right? Whether it's the exile from Eden, whether it's the exile um, and the exodus, right? And remembering that story, or this current one in Isaiah's day that's going to be Babylon, right? We are outside where we belong. We want to go back to the promised land, right? A time in which we were happy and comfortable and everything was right in the world. We all long for that promised land, okay? So let's, uh, you're going to see it over and over and over again, especially in Isaiah. We won't have time to cover a lot, but let's see if we can find a couple of them because they're everywhere. Um, uh, mm, mm, mm. You'd think I'd have written one down. Um, even the first, very first section that we read in, um, let's go back to two. Let's go to Isaiah two. All right. Somebody read for me again. Uh, Isaiah two, two through. The end of three. Just two and three. Somebody read that. Isaiah 2, 2 and 3. Yeah. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Yeah, and listen to the next one. And he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for the many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn any well, war anymore. Right? We long for this promised land, this time when we will return, and the city will be great, and there the Lord will teach us his ways, and that no more war, right? We're longing for this time. Mike. Um, 
What if the promised land has nothing to do with the geography? Oh, what, what do you mean? The promised land, well, it seems to me a repeated thing that goes along is every time the Lord sends us to the promised land, he raises up a, pro a prophet. Yeah. And that prophet tries to teach us, and if we listen, we're living really good. Mm -hmm. If we don't listen, we're in exile again. Yeah, yeah. So it, ha it certainly happens physically, right? We see it happen physically, but you're saying what if it happens more than physically? What if it's, what if it's more spiritual manifestation in ourselves? Mm -hmm. We can be in the promised land if we obey God's commandments no matter what's going on around us. Yeah, in fact, I think you're on the right track. I mean, the first chapter, right? Isaiah is like, don't bring me any more sacrifices. Your stuff makes me sick. Quit bringing me these things if you're not going to change inside, right? It isn't so much about what we're doing physically. It's what have you done to change, right? I want personal righteousness. Yeah, a broken heart and a contrite spirit, right? I want you to come changed here in your heart not just well I, it'll work out for the people right promise line i like i like well, where you can go, go to Mars, but it doesn't mean that our spirits are going to change there no no um good i'm thinking of a completely unrelated story when lot goes back to sodom and gomorrah and it's like well i'll destroy this angel lord <laughs> what if there are 50 good people and he says well what if are there 45 good people <laughs> he's trying to find any good people, right? And he can't even find five. But but it says, I'm looking for people that have changed here, right? Along with that, Laman and Lemuel came to the promised land. Oh, what happened to them? Yeah, they just brought their murmuring with them, right? Here we are, we've seen all the same miracles. We've been blessed the same be, way. You could be physically in the promised land and, and like what Sidon said, not be there yeah. spiritually. Okay. So how do we tap into that? How do we how do we change? How do we change? Yeah. Well, we learn to live in, in Babylon but not be a part of it. Yeah, we live in the world but not of the world. Good. What else you had something, Gretchen? Follow the prophet. Follow the prophet? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. What else? Anything else? Did you catch the actual scripture in seven where he says or in six where he describes what the problem is with the people? Keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, their hearts heavy, blind their eyes, lest they see. We need to see and listen, right? We need to hear, I think. I think you're right on track. All right, let's keep going. We've got, okay, we all okay? Whew, craziness. All right, let's jump to um, chapter nine for a minute. We're still, let's go back to our thread. So we did a little bit of this exile thing. We did Isaiah's call. And then in, seven, in six, we learned that there's going to be this holy seat, right? And in seven, we learned that there's going to be this, what we learned king, but his name, we learned there's going to be an Emmanuel coming, right? We're still putting together pieces here. Putting together pieces. Let's see if we can figure it out. Nine, um, somebody read for me. One through seven. It's a big read. So get your reading hats on. Does anybody want to read uh, nine, one through seven? Please. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephetili 
and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They, they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in the harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of his hosts will perform this. Perfect. Clear as mud, right? Okay, let me start over. I'm going to interpret this. This this whole section has a very hopeful tone. So the first um, verse is is prose, and everything else after that that we read is a poem. So the first one basically says this. There will be no more gloom for she who was in anguish, right? For Israel, or the city is a she. So Jerusalem and Israel, there won't be an anguish. There's a time when it will not happen. And then it goes on. In the former time, remember the latter time. In the former time, it was bad, right? The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, those are the tribes up in the north, right? But in the latter time, it shall be made glorious by way of the sea and the land beyond Jordan and Galilee and the nations. In the latter days, everything's going to be awesome. And we break out basically into a song. For the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness on them has a light shone. You have multiplied the nation, right? No longer are you a remnant, right? You've multiplied the nation. There's this famous scripture in Isaiah about enlarging the tent, the stakes. You know that one? I always think that's funny when they tell me to bring a tent stake. But it's like, bust out the back wall, guests are coming, right? Put the addition on the house. You're no longer a remnant, right? You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you with the joy set of harvest. They are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of this burden is the staff for his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor have broken as if on the day of Midian. You guys remember the story of Gideon? Beating the Midianites with like 300 people? You have to remember your Old Testament stories. So it's saying there's going to be this light. We're going to be a big nation again. It's going to be awesome. Just like that story that you don't remember. Um, for every boot of the trampling warrior, every garment rolled in blood will be burned. Right? All those bloody uniforms from war will be burned. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son. You're singing the song. 
aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I played it this morning and I was like, I'm not playing that. And the government will be upon his shoulder, his name shall be called. So what's gonna happen? In that former time, it was bad. In the latter time, what's coming? The, who's coming? Someone's coming. Emmanuel's coming, and he's going to be called, a son is given, right? Wonderful, right? Counselor. Prince of Peace, right? The mighty God. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, right? No. You, you, I knew you were doing it, so I'll just do it for you. Right? So the ruling is coming. This holy seed, this Emmanuel, this light will no more remnant. A son will come, right? A son will come, and he will be the king. The government will be on his shoulders. There will finally be peace. Wish we knew who it was. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, wait, did you catch this other thing? What, what? Obviously, that wasn't during uh, the, his initial uh, appearance here. That will be during the millennium. Yeah, isn't that interesting, though? Wouldn't that be disappointing? If you were, if you were counting on it, right, in the first century, you're like, I didn't see any government given. I didn't see any peace, right? I didn't see any of that. In fact, did you catch the piece? An increase of the government, uh, yeah. An increase, um, verse seven, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end and the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and then hold it. Remember the, one of the covenants that we talked about? There were three that we were trying to remember. Do you guys remember? Second Samuel seven, it's on your notes. What was the covenant we were gonna remember? It's in that little thing that says covenant. Israel will bless all nations. Yeah, did I not put it in there? Future king from the line of David. Future king from the line of David. So there's this promise, right, of a future king from the line of David. And just what you're saying, Brother Peck, is that didn't happen, right? The Romans ruled. And in AD 70, they destroy Jerusalem, tear down the temple, right? Burn everything to the ground. Gone. So you're like, well, wait. I thought there was going to be a king that was coming. So how did this happen? How was this Jesus? How that's why they thought he wasn't Jesus. And that's why they crucified him. Because he didn't take over and rule. And yeah, he didn't do it. But you just said it was going to be Jesus. How was it Jesus? Second coming. Second coming, true. True. But what else? What else changes? I think it was the point made, that Mike made earlier. He makes the change here first, right? We're gonna, we need to change here first and learn to follow him because one day this will happen, right? The government. Lori? Yes? I can testify that as we do that, go through that process of the broken countries and whatnot, it's like, Mike said, no, it doesn't matter what's going around us. We can have that peace. Yeah. We don't need the fear and the worry and the anxiety of what's going around if we have yoked ourselves with Christ. Yeah, I think so. We don't have to wait for the second coming. Right. I said, I can, I can go home 
today, right? I can, I can go back out of exile today. It might not be the whole world, right? But there's a way for us to return out of our exile, right? And it's by following this king, right? He came and said, well, let me tell you how it works. It might be a surprise, because I didn't rule, right? It might be, might be harder. Oh, no. Harder. That's bad news. All right. Let's go see what else he's going to do. Let's go to chapter 11. Sorry, I'm skipping around a little bit. We never have time. Let's do, um, let's do 11. I've got it noted down here so you guys can jump ahead, but 11, 1 through 4. I just really liked chapter 11. I was like, oh, this whole chapter. Um, there shall, let me, I'm going to read you a little bit. You guys, hold on. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. I remember a story about a tree stump. No, probably not the same thing. And a branch from his root shall bear fruit. Okay, so we talked about Israel being cut down and burned like a stump. But there's hope, and it says, there shall come forth a shoot out of the stump of Jesse. Who's Jesse? What? Suddenly there's some other guy in the story. Who's Jesse? David's dad. David's dad. Exactly. So remember a future king from the line of David. How did David's line turn out? There was that whole Bathsheba thing, and then Solomon, not so great, right? Absalom, also bad, right? They just, they didn't turn out great, right? They didn't turn back. So we're going to go all the way back. We need a new David. So we'll go all the way back to Jesse. And a new, a new king will come from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the, something important about him. What's the next line? Did you guys see it in verse 2? Something special about this person. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Right? The spirit will rest upon him. And then it says, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Right? And then I jump down. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. A new king will bring justice. Remember we talked about that? For the impoverished, the poor, the widow, the immigrant, right? Those that are marginalized in the society, that's what the leaders are supposed to be doing, is bringing justice. He will come, and he will bring justice. He will come, he will be uh, empowered by the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, right? Have you guys figured out who it is yet? Okay. Okay. So, Isaiah talks to us and says there will be a judgment coming, but there will be hope and redemption. All right. So I have a tough question for you. Who cares? As I read this, I find it terribly interesting, but you're going to go home today, and you're going to make lunch, and you're going to do other stuff, and you're going to go back to work tomorrow, and who cares about some ancient prophets telling you of the last days, right? How do we apply this to us? Do we ever feel in judgment or in exile or making mistakes? Am I the only one? Right? 
Totally. And then how do I, I how am I going to get back? Mike, do you have a thought? Well, I just, to me, it's more than anything, it just, it just it's an issue of hope. Mm-hmm. It gives you the sense that, you know, there will be justice somewhere down the line. Yeah. And that he will make wrong men right. Yeah. And that we will be rewarded for being faithful even in times of trial. Yeah. So I, the issue of hope, that's one of the great things yeah. I think of Isaiah teaches me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. Because don't you ever think, yeah, but shouldn't it be easier being someone that's trying hard, right? I'm a member of the church. I'm trying hard. Why isn't everything not easy for me, right? Because we all have perfect health, right? And we're in perfect financial situations, right? And our family's just super smooth, right? Nothing ever goes wrong. Nothing goes wrong in our country, right? Because, you know, we're righteous. We do good things. Uh, I'm being sarcastic. Clearly, right? Because none of those things are happening. So don't you say, well, what, when is, when, Lord, when is that going to be made right? Right? In the latter days. In that day, there will come someone and he will make it right. Right? In the last days. But I do think that we can take it personally now. We can say, I can come to Christ now and I can make my home a promised land, right? I can begin to prepare, right, and return and feel that hope and that love and that redemption today right, as we prepare for the last days. Right. You have a thought? Right. So, unfortunately, we live in a temporal world. And in a temporal world, the milk and honey runs out. <laughs> and so, if we aren't putting an eternal perspective to it, it all it's, it's why people get discouraged. I mean, people are still waiting for the millennium to have happened in the year 2000. Yeah. And, and here we are, you know, everybody else in the, in the history has waited for 5,000 years yeah. and lost hope. You know, it, it has to be put in an uh, eternal perspective. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, brothers and sisters, I know that the Lord loves us, and I know that he is there today, right? <coughs> There's a light today. There's redemption and hope and happiness that we can have today as we prepare for that day. And that's my testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Other questions or thoughts? All right, next week we'll jump way, way ahead. Um, When we get to about 12 through 39, it's going to really take a lot of time about uh, that that exact time with Isaiah. It's not that it isn't important, but it's very it's much more about those times. So we're going to jump to forty. So if you're um, warming up or reading, we'll jump to forty. Uh, do forty, forty one, maybe fifty eight. I don't know. We'll see how we get. So for next week. All right.
again, we're so grateful for all these many blessings. And it's just in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.